I want you to look at your neighbor and you tell them it can be done. Now turn around to somebody else and tell them the same thing. It can be done. I know you're getting tired and weary. Working hard. Building a church. But it can be done. Nehemiah had a vision, and he got God's sanction and approval, and he got the king's approval, and he went, and he brought from ruins to revival in 52 days. Not because that they had all of the high-tech building equipment, but he said because the people had a mind to work. Keep that mind. And I promise you, before you turn around, you'll be in your new sanctuary. God's a good bookkeeper. One more time, say, it can be done. Hallelujah. Such a privilege to be here tonight. We feel in the Holy Ghost that we're in the will of God. I feel very confident in God, not in myself, but in God that he has given me a word. I give honor to your great pastor and first lady. And then all the under Jordans. There's not many families that all of them turned out to be preachers. They're a very blessed family. And then I give honor to Pastor Lytle. And uh, I'm fixing to blow it. Squirtle. That's all right. She was three years old whenever I came into this family. So she don't know life without me. She may wish it was without me. But she don't know it. I give honor to Brother and Sister Anderson. I give honor to my wonderful wife, 35 years, for putting up with me. And now that we've got all that said, I give honor to Jesus Christ. Because it's all about him. I looked over there and you wasn't here. I told them it can be done. I don't know if you heard me. God's going to give this church Revival. And I'm not so sure that it might not happen within 52 days. You don't, you don't know. You don't know what God is doing. Stressing out budget-wise. Trying to find deals. You don't know who God is wecking up in the middle of the night. That's got money in the bank. And checks to write. It can happen. Hallelujah. Phew. I, I got to preach. I, I told pastors before coming into the sanctuary, I said, well, if you will trust me, I will preach and I will please God. I'm not out to please anybody else but God. Jesus said, I have become your enemies because I tell you the truth. I am what I am today because somebody disciplined me. Somebody corrected me and guided me. Anybody ever been whipped? Oh, five-minute timeout. Standing in the corner, 
I'm going to tell you something. I've been whipped. But I feel like God's going to speak to our hearts tonight. I have nothing. I have nothing against nobody. I, a matter of fact, the wonderful part about not knowing is the trust that God knows. And you just become obedient. So I don't have to worry about not looking in somebody's face tonight and worrying about if I'm preaching to you because I don't know who I'm preaching to. I think it would be good if I preached to us all. In the book of 2 Kings chapter number 4. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. I really want you to pray very much for your pastor and first lady. I didn't get the first amen. I'm listening. Pray much for them. Praying for healing in their bodies. Praying strength in their minds. But it can be done. Second Kings chapter number 4 beginning at verse 1. There, there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets. Unto Elisha saying. Thy servant my husband is dead. And thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord. But here's the dilemma. The creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to be bondmen. And Elisha said, well, what is that to me? What do you want me to do? So he stopped and he asked her a profound question. And he says, what hast thou in the house? Whew. Boy, it matters what you got in your house. God help me. And she said, Thine handmaid hath not anything in the house save a pot of oil. He said, Go borrow thee vessels abroad of thy neighbors, empty vessels. Borrow not just a few. When thou art come in, shut the door upon thee and thy sons. And pour out into all those vessels. And thou shalt set aside that which is full. So she went from him. Shut the door upon her and her sons. Who brought the vessels to her. And she poured out. And it came to pass that when the vessels were full. That she said unto her son bring me yet a vessel. And he said, there is not a vessel more. And the oil stayed. Then she came and she told the man of God. And he said, go sell the oil and pay thy debt and live thou and thy children of the rest. There are two things that I want you to remember in the reading. When the question was asked, what do you have in your house? She says, I have nothing. I have nothing but a pot of oil. 
And then whenever she got through pouring the oil, the oil stayed. <laughs> I want to preach for just a little while about the value of God's anointing. Sometimes I think we just take God for granted. We take the Holy Ghost for granted. We take the oil of anointing for granted. But God's going to help us see a different light on how really valuable he is to you. Can we lift our hands and ask the Lord to speak to us? God, help us tonight, Lord, to receive. Let our ears be open, our hearts receptive. Let the word that is anointed go forth and let it take root in our hearts. Grow something in our life, God. Help us to hear from heaven tonight. We love you. Bless this church. Bless this congregation. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody say amen. God bless you tonight. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I didn't get a time slot tonight of what time we get out of here tonight. So it kind of leaves an open field. Hallelujah. The value of God's anointing. I am so thankful tonight, number one, that I am a parent. There's nothing like being a parent. I only had one. Thank God I did, because if I had more than one, I couldn't afford it another one. She broke me. She busted me and sometimes disgusted me. Sometimes she made me want to just wring her neck. But, you know, love is... A little deeper than that, so you just keep on loving. But I'm so thankful that God blessed us and allowed us to become a parent. And uh, the young people right now is probably going like, this message is not for me. <laughs> I'm not a parent. It's for us. But we as parents, we want the best for our family. It's just within us that we want to give them. And it's been said so many, many times that I don't want my kids to go through what I went through. I don't want my kids to have to suffer like I suffered. And so I want them to have the finer things in life. And I, I just want to give them everything that I can, even if it's detrimental oh because sometimes we get caught up in the whim of just trying to make the kids happy and mama happy y'all stay with me because they say if mama ain't happy ain't nobody happy and somebody needs to say amen See, that's truth. Even if it's not in the book, it's words well spoken. Brother Tom Fred Tenney said the success to a happy, successful marriage is to keep men's pocketbooks open and their mouths shut. Of course, that only works if you got anything in your billfold. So it doesn't matter about keeping your mouth shut if you don't have anything in the billfold. But we just strive to make mothers, mamas happy. We strive to make our kids happy. We want them to have the finest things in life. And so the journey begins as we start trying to make everybody happy. The quest begins until we find ourselves in the same boat as our text. We find ourselves at the point 
of losing our most prized possession. I want you to understand one thing with me today that things can disappear. Money can disappear. Friends can disappear in high places. You really don't know who friends are. Because someone made the statement, they said that you know if a dog loves you or hates you. They will show you and you'll know it for sure. If they love you, they're going to lick you and wag their tail. If they don't love you, they're going to growl at you and try to bite you very visibly. But a person, they can act like they love you, but you don't know it. They hate you. People, you think you got your quiver full of great friends and you've got everything going for you because you got stuff. And you got everything, big boys' toys, and you got all these things. And I'm not preaching against big boy toys. I, I, I had those four wheelers and three wheelers, and started out with tricycles, and ended up uh, motorcycle. You know, it, it went, it, it graduated. Yeah, tricycle. And my feet weren't long enough to paddle then. And I said, I want a motorcycle. My dad got me a mini bike. And then he put a governor on that. I'm like, oh, go faster, Aiden, go faster. I like to go fast. But that didn't happen. But all these things that we attempt to do, we try to fulfill every little desire for our family. We want them to have the best. So we get them involved with every kind of things. We... It's nothing I'm, please don't take me offensive tonight. I, I said that I'm just going to try to make God happy. And I'm not, I'm not saying that these things are sinned. I'm not saying that at all. It's nothing wrong with having all the hunting equipment and going hunting. It's nothing wrong with all the fishing equipment and going fishing. It's nothing wrong with having your boats and your sea dews and nothing, nothing there at all. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. I'm not making derogative notes and remarks about any of these things only if that's all you get them I want you to put yourself in the shoes of this mother for just a second her husband had died and she was left with a substantial amount of debt to pay off In hopes to raise enough money to pay off the debt, she began to liquidate. And that's the reason why she answered the question of the man of God truthfully. She said, I have nothing in the house because she had liquidated everything in the house. She had went through and sold the dining room table and chairs. She had sold the sofa, love seat, recliner, and ottoman. She had gotten rid of everything that she thought that really had value to it. She went through the kids' closet, and she got the Xboxes, and she got the iPads, and she got the iPhones, and she got the... Uh, iPods and all these i families and got them all and she sold everything she could why because the point was was she was about to lose her sons I don't know about you tonight but mine is married and grown and uh, she has a mind of her own and she lives her own life, but that still doesn't stop this dad from pleading the blood and calling over the blood of Jesus over her life. 
And I tell the devil every day, how dare you to even attempt to cross the blood of Jesus Christ over her life. She may have temptations and she may be dealt with things that may tempt her to go different than the way I have brought her up. But that still does not change the fact that I'm going to still cover her in the blood. And I'm still going to pray for her every day. I pray for my two grandsons every day because I understand that these things call life and the material stuff the Bible said that the Lord once come looking for Saul and he said where is Saul and they answered him this he is hid among the stuff You know why we call it stuff? Because it's junk. We really don't have a title for it. I mean, it's not that important enough to really take the time to name it and claim it and tag it. It's just stuff. And when the Lord came looking, he was hid among the stuff. Like I said, I'm not against stuff. I'm not against anything that I have named to you tonight. So please don't friend me on Facebook and don't friend me in life. So I'm not trying to make enemies tonight. I'm trying to help us. There's nothing wrong with having things. Nothing wrong with having uh, all the gadgets. And every time there's something new comes out, we want to get our children the latest of gadgets. And we want them to be up on the most high-tech of all of the uh, I family. And we want you to be connected. But saints of God, let me tell you one thing. That's not going to save your family. The things in your house. It's important to realize that if you have all the gadgets. And you have all of the stuff. And you have all of the go-karts. And you have garages full of just the things that you wanted your children to have the finest. But what about the anointing what about where does God fit in the house where does God show up in the ingredients of your lifestyle I would rather my daughter remember I didn't have much but I had a praying daddy I had a mama that fasted and prayed and they led me to church they taught me about God they made me go to church when I didn't want to go to church. We are failing as parents whenever we will not stand up for what's right to this generation and tell them you must be born again. You got to have God more than this world. I lost the rest of y'all but I got the front row. I may never have anybody ask you to ask me to come back. Oh, Jesus. I said, I got to please God. And I don't, I don't want to be offensive. I'm very careful in how I'm trying to deliver this. But it's been weighing so heavy on my heart. I'm not preaching because I know somebody's in this service tonight. But we as a generation, if we're not careful, we're going to get caught up in all the stuff. And we're going to get caught up in getting them all the things that go along with this life. That we're going to disconnect them from the coming life. I'm going to tell you what's really important to me. And this, this is not, please hear me. I'm not against the change in the music's. But there's sometimes you have to get back to the old and you have to tell them about heaven. You got to sing about by and by when the morning comes. 
Sometimes you got to let this generation know that there is a place called heaven. There is a place called Calvary. There is somebody that shed their blood for your sins and they died for you. We need to let this generation know that there's more to it than just entertainment. I looked up here on this front row. I don't know who this little young man is sent by Aiden, but he was just going tonight, and I'm going like, God, do it, God, do it, God, do it. Somehow or another, let it rub off on all of our children. Help them all to want to become preachers. Help them all to want to become intercessor prayer warriors more than anything in the world. God, God, help us. That when we come to the day where we would say, I don't want my children to be a preacher. What's wrong with being a preacher? I think it's greater than the calling of the president. It's a higher standard than any office that can be held Don't ever let the devil intimidate you that you don't want to be nailed in in the category as being one of those church-going, Holy Ghost, one God-believing preachers. Because I'm going to tell you that whenever it comes to where the devil is bidding for your family's soul and they are bidding for it every day while you are sleeping the devil is coming up with all kinds of ideas to try to lure your children into things that they don't need to be involved in I'm going to tell you friend your stuff ain't going to help them but it's the anointing of God is going to be what saves them It's going to be God in the house. Somebody visited an old preacher. They walked in and he was very well known and he was popular and they walked in and they looked in his humble abode and all he had was a bed and a little nightstand with a candlestick on it. And so they asked him, they said, well, I thought I would walk in here to books and volumes of library books and and all kinds of nice furniture and everything as popular as you are. And he turned around and he said to the visitor, he said, well, are you at home? He said, oh, no, sir, I'm in your home. He said, neither am I at home. I'm just passing through. I'm not laying up treasures down here, but I'm planning on going to a better place. But, oh, I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with having nice homes. I've had built homes and three homes and enjoyed them and sold them, and thank God I had them to, to sell. But I'm just telling you that somebody looked at me whenever we had our home, two acres, and everything that was paid for. They looked at me and said, are you gone crazy? You're selling your house, your workshop, your property, and you're going to move into that? This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. Put yourself in the shoes of this mother If it came down to your family, it was the same thing that happened. The Bible said she went for that which she thought of value and she sold it all. Here's the point I want to make to you is that when she started liquidating the things in her house and she sold her stuff and got rid of everything, she answered the question truthfully and she said, I have nothing. I don't think that there was anything left in the house because she had a debt to pay she said I've got to pay the debt because if I don't 
pay the debt. He's going to take my two sons and they're going to be bond servants to him. I'm going to tell you not on my watch will my sons or daughters become slaves to drugs. Not one time on my watch will I let the devil take my family and take them to hell. I'm going to have what it takes in my house in order to save my family. I'm not saying you're going to go to hell if you've got the 72-inch flat screen. I guess I just blew it. But what will get you there faster than anything is when you don't instruct and when you don't put some guardrails up and some regulations and say you can't do this. What's in your house? What's in your house? And we wonder, we wonder why we battle spirits when we allow adultery, homosexuality, and all kinds of spirit of perversion in our houses. Because I'm telling you, the mainstream media, all they want you to know is that it's all right to not decide that you're a woman or a man. It's all right if your little four-year-old wants to decide for themselves if they're man or woman. I'm not letting that stuff in my house. I refuse to let the devil enslave my family I hope I'm alright pastor somebody shout it can be done you can have revival in 52 days but you gotta know what's in your house I don't care if it is popular I don't care if it is trending. God help us to be careful that we let everything else sit on the coffee table but the anointing. Someone said a dusty Bible only equals a dirty life. Yeah, it used to be common that we had Bibles laying around our houses. Brother Anthony Mangan told his church on Wednesday night, he said, I'm not against iPads, iPhone Bibles. He said, but I'm telling you, you need to bring your Bible to church. I have an iPad that I preach with. But I always bring my Bible to the pulpit. Because that right there is a thing. And that thing can quit on me in a heartbeat. It will let me down. It has let me down. But this infallible word of God, it has never failed me. And I'm going to let the devil know one thing, that I value the anointing of God. I value God in my life. What do you have in your house tonight? Oh, God. I want church to have revival. And we cannot have revival when we have sin open and the glory hid. I wish this thing was a little bit more protective. Sure is thankful for these stage lights because I can't see who's laughing or frowning. I'm blinded by the lights. Y'all don't go there either. God help us. If Jesus was to knock on your door, would your house be fit enough to accommodate his visit? 
Would you have to run, go throwing things under the rug or go put things in the refrigerator that don't normally go in the refrigerator? Well, let me tell you something. There's always somebody watching you. And you wonder why spirits is creeping up in your children. is because they're hearing you, they're watching you, and they're seeing you, and they're following you. God help us. Dave, I'm trying to be as kind as I can. I put her under a lot of pressure sometimes when I'm preaching like this. But folks don't understand, I don't have a choice in this matter. I can either tickle your ears or either please God. And at the end of this journey, it's not going to be the you that's going to say, well done. It's going to be him that's going to say, well done. If you could give me the key to my mansion, I might satisfy you right now. But you don't have the key, and you won't ever have the key. So I must please God. Help us. What would you do? The sad part about it is, and I hasten to close. The sad part about it is, is that we as parents, and we as people in general... We normally wait until it's too late. Kids is already caught up by the enslavement of these things called desires. Oh God, somehow or another we need to temper the desires of your family. You need to teach them what is rightful desires. Let them know that it's nothing in this life, honey, that's worth anything like serving God. It might not always be popular. It might not always be trending, but it will give you life eternal. It will be there when the world's dying, when the world's on fire, when everything is going down around you. The word of God will stand. Nothing else will. Here's what we do. We have a tendency to wait too late. Yes, the pastor gets up and tries his best to teach and instruct and to be wholesome, to be holy, to be righteous, to be pure, to be faithful. And we just kind of shrug it off. I I don't need all that prayer meeting. I don't need all that involvement in church. Oh, God. Oh, God. How many of you in this service, don't raise your hands because I don't want to know. How many of you just have the time to come on Sunday? And that total accumulation of time may be three hours on a Sunday morning and Sunday night. How many hours is left in the week? That you're showing your friends, your family, and your children that it's all right to give more time to the world than it is time to God. What's in your house? You see, we don't value the anointing until we realize how desperate we need it. Because this lady had done liquidated everything in the house. And here's the sad part. She still couldn't pay her debt. You can have your stuff and you can sell your stuff. But you're still going to come up empty with a chance of your family being enslaved by sin. Only if. You have the oil in your house. If you got the oil, always the representative of the Holy Ghost. 
if you've got the oil of God in your house, then you have nothing to worry about. You may have had to sell everything. And sometimes that's good. I talked to someone a couple of Wednesday nights ago in a service. And he fell on his knees at the end of the altar service. And he said, but I've lost it all. I said, sometimes you have to hit rock bottom in order to realize who is at the rock. Who is the rock? Sometimes you have to lose everything until you can realize who you need to gain everything. Oh, the Bible said that the man of God could not get away from the question. He said, just what do you have in your house? So, but man of God, she says, that's it. I don't have no more iPads. I don't have no more Xboxes. I don't have no more flat screen monitors to sell. I don't have nothing else to get rid of. She says, well, so much for asking you. I'll just try to figure out something. My son just fixing to be enslaved and bond servants. And one more time, he says, what's in your house? You see, we could have prayed through 50 years ago, and we could have tapped into this anointing 50 years ago. And the legacy of God's anointing began a journey in your family's life. But sometimes it gets put in closets. It gets put in under beds and it gets puts up in cupboards and cabinets and it kind of pushes it back to the back burner and so this man of God just kept saying your husband was a prophet mm. and I got a feeling that perhaps maybe he might have been a priest there has to be some holy anointing going in that house there has to be a legacy there has to be something that's in that house that can redeem you you understand the things could not redeem her sons but when he finally got through the shell in her mind says what's in your house she says sir all that I can remember is there is a little pot of oil. He said, that's enough. If you've got the anointing oil in your house, everything else you might lose. But the anointing will always stay. You can't kick the anointing out. It'll always redeem when nothing else can redeem. It'll always bless when nothing else can bless. It'll always heal when the doctors can't heal. Don't ever underestimate the value of the anointing of God. One of these days, and it might as well start now, don't wait till your children have been in Enslaved with addictions. Please don't wait that time to go pulling out the anointing. Don't, don't take that gamble. I close. Oh God. Forgive me if I have offended you. Pastor, if I've overstepped my boundaries, forgive me. But it's been a word that God planted in my heart. To tell you folks that if you may have things, but if you don't have the anointing, if you don't have God, you will have nothing to redeem your family.
I don't mean to bring up scars of the past. And I say this with all carefulness. There's been some times that has crossed this family's life that could have brought the rock of Gibraltar down. Could have destroyed their life. But if I ever felt the reason that they're all together and the reason why they're all God called ministers is because they kept the oil in the house. When the devil says it's over, the anointing says, but I have redeemed that. When you say you're going to take my son, the anointing says, you got to come through me first. I value what God's given me. I value what my mom and dad instilled in me. Because whenever I was growing up, I felt the heat from hell so hot that I had no choice but to think we were so close to it that I could just easily slip and be there in the blink of an eye. And then I heard that heaven was so real that Jesus was coming back in the blink of an eye that you better get ready, be prepared. And I thought the Lord was coming probably 45, 50 years ago. I'm so glad that the age of nine years old, I got ready. I'm glad that I got ready. I still preach hell is still real. I still tell folks that sin will take you further than you want to go. And it will keep you longer than you want to stay. But heaven is more real than any words in the Bible can describe. And it was created for his creation. Have anything you want. Have everything you got and enjoy it. But please, put God where he belongs. I do want to see the hands of just those of you that have come out of families that did not teach you this, that you wasn't raised Pentecostal, apostolic, that it's only by the mercies of God that you are saved tonight. Look at these hands. I have a legacy. I have a heritage. Brother Gentry, Dylan, Spencer, Aiden, all these, y'all got it. It was handed to you. It's all you know. Sometimes it would do us good to go to some of these that raised their hands and just say, Tell me your testimony. You may not understand my praise, but you got to understand where God brought me from. Lido said it. I could have been in a bar room tonight. Everybody has a choice. Saints of God, I want to tell you when it comes to survival and being successful and going to heaven, it won't be the things that you have accumulated on this earth, but it's going to be the oil. That will redeem you. 
I have preached in living rooms and I have preached in large assemblies to hundreds if not thousands of people. I'm going to tell you something. It don't make me who I am. Don't ever forget that. It ain't who you preach for. It's not how many's in the crowd that's going to make you, but it's that anointing. It's the Holy Ghost. It's your Redeemer. It's your everlasting hope. The oil paid the debt. It redeemed the children. It blessed and changed a community. And it gave them hope for the future. Don't lose the value of God in your life. I open this altar tonight. I don't have much else to say. what's in your house. Where does God stand? Where is he placed? Brother Jordan, it would have been so much easier for me to just preach faith tonight. And we ran the aisles, but sometimes God just has to strike a note with us. Sometimes God has to get our attention. Why don't you just commit to God again? Why don't you pull him out of the closet? Pull that legacy. Bring the presence of God back into the front line. Mother and dads, if you've got children here tonight, it would behoove you to take your children and bring them. Show them how to pray. Teach them to pray. Instruct them on how to fast. Instruct them on faithfulness to give into the kingdom. Instruct them on how to be faithful in attendance to the house of God. Value his presence and his anointing.